Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques, upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support this show, please tap the link in the episode's description if using the Anchor application, or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. Anchor listener support offers three levels right now, $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. Any money from you, the listeners, would go to making this show that much better. Thank you. So diving into some news, Chrome 69, due to be released in sep- about September 4th, will continue the trend of de-emphasizing Flash. Flash will have to be enabled for a site every time the browser is started. This means that Flash content will always need positive, explicit user permission to run. This is mostly intended to make it much more visible and prominent to really make you think or ask if you or the site needs Flash. Ultimately, this all ends when Flash is deprecated by Adobe around 2020, but this certainly does hasten that demise. Ghost 2.0 has been released as of August 21st. So this is a huge update to the platform with a brand new editor, custom URL structures, and a feature called Dynamic Cards, which really appears to be mostly structured embedded content. Ghost, if you don't know, is a Node.js-based CMS publishing system that's both open source and with a paid, fully managed service as well. Another thing that I found that was pretty cool, a unique content license called the No Harm License was created by one of the developers of Raisley and Kepler. So it's based on the BSD3 clause license with a couple important additions and that the following is excluded. Violence, hate and division, environmental destruction, abuse of human rights, the destruction of people's physical and mental health. So the intention is for developers who want their code to contribute to a just world for all. It's a small thing, but I think it's a very interesting license due to the recent kind of internal debates and concerns at say Google with developing for the military or Amazon building the face recognition software. Whether you think it's right or wrong, it does bring up a good discussion and an interesting look into the current societal debates around morality and software usage. So finding a couple links and resources, um, there's a great one about feature detection in CSS. So it's a good article about how at supports works nowadays in the modern browser landscape. And it kind of delves into when modernizer, the JavaScript library that helps to find when certain features are available to a browser makes sense and kind of what actual browser support there is for CSS feature detection and what the future holds for all of this. It's a good article, check it out, and it might make you rethink a bit how your process uh, is used, certainly in terms of CSS. There's a great article by um, Eric Myers called Securing Sites Can Make Them Less Accessible. And it's really about how SSL can, in some cases, make content and sites that much less accessible to certain places in the world. He dives into how it's quite common in places such as Africa, with connections that rely on satellite, that really have great difficulty accessing SSL sites in particular. And this is due to the high overhead of the connection and the nature of that. It's honestly not something I thought of in kind of the quest to make all things SSL, but depending on your target audience, this may not really come into play at all. 
But if you are striving for universal accessibility, this really could present a challenge. It's well worth a read about those types of experiences and at the very least, food for thought. Finally, there's a great article about the art of debugging with Chrome. And so it's a good in-depth article on debugging using the Chrome DevTools. It's not the first time I've shared an article about this, but this is a really good write-up and a couple different things in here that I hadn't known before. Uh, there are a lot of great tips and content, uh, one that I wasn't aware of, though I'm sure many are, uh, that instead of like console log, you can use console.table, and when the object passed in, it actually outputs as a tabular uh, piece of content within your console that looks really nice. It's not perfect for everything, but it certainly is a good option to have. Uh, and also, there is a good tip about freezing the UI to inspect hover elements and the like. I'm sure wish I knew that one in the past, uh, but I'm still learning a lot about all the shortcuts and the little things you can do in there. Check it out, a lot of great content. So finally, in the same kind of theme that had come up, I wanted to talk about morality and ethics in web development, software, and design. It's certainly a heavy subject to be sure, and I certainly don't purport to be an expert on any of it. I just merely have kind of my view of it all from my personal perspective. And a note about morality and ethics. Often those words are kind of used interchangeably, but morality is one's own personal principles regarding right and wrong, and ethics refer to an external source such as a code of conduct. And note that that external source could very well be just what society deems as a social contract. I wanted to briefly touch on that distinction as it's not one I think of often, and I sometimes certainly get wrong. So in many ways, I view these discussions from both the larger perspective and that of the smaller one. How does the industry as a whole approach this versus an individual developer making decisions for a project or interactions at any given time? If we take the larger perspective, what is the dividing line for unethical or immoral behavior? Is it a hard line where you say you are ethical if you don't, say, do any military work? Or is some work okay, such as support type software versus software directly involved in, say, building weapons? The other tough part of a discussion like that is the fact that if you don't partake in building these types of systems, then perhaps that means it's left to individuals with a far different moral compass and you might not be able to influence decisions to at least make the best of it you can and perhaps put in safeguards that might not otherwise be there. There really isn't a good answer, and morality can really be a sliding scale with many gray areas. I don't know if the industry would ever truly be able to create a hard and fast set of rules, but maybe issuing a series of guidelines if you want to subscribe to more of an ethical stance. That may or may not mesh with one's own moral viewpoint on what jobs and work they're willing to take on, so a certain flexibility really does need to be built into any kind of system that's created in that way. So taking time for us as developers to really think through what our stance is on projects, content, and kind of our own morality is well worth doing. Every once in a while, that type of self-reflection not only gives us a greater awareness of ourselves and how it defines us, but also gives a series of kind of guardrails on what type of work we're willing to do. And furthermore, how does that play into how we police the industry and what we may be outspoken about? 
Personally, I've thought that creating one's own kind of code of conduct, even as a developer of one, is a good exercise. It can help inform you know, myself and also one that I could present to potential and current clients as almost a promise of the type of work in person that I am. So in this way, we come back to the small perspective and how this influences us at that kind of personal level rather than a greater uh, industry level. So in my personal view, there are many common themes I feel should be automatic, such as don't take advantage of people, you know, be understanding when situations arise, don't overcharge, etc. So how do I quantify those types of principles and practice and, you know, my professional life becomes a question. So this is where that personal contract with yourself and work comes into play. Whether you actually write something, publish, or just think about it, I believe there's a lot of value in thinking through these types of questions in your own personal approach. And it may not always mean that you get the best paying jobs, and perhaps you have to turn some down, but depending on your personal beliefs and principles, it's worth taking a moment to think through what we are comfortable with on both a personal and an industry level. The hope is that after you've thought through that, and you, know, and you come up with your own personal set of guidelines, then putting that out into the world and seeing where that meshes with other developers, and maybe even trying to find certain coalitions of and groups of people that may share those similar values. What may work for one you know, series of folks may not work for the, the other. So it really does depend on what you and your belief system allows, but it is well worth exploring. One, to not only create that reflection in yourself, but perhaps to use that to further drive forward the industry and, and creating some common ground and some common series of guidelines and guard rules that we could all rely on. So follow this podcast at Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.